We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Welcome everybody to episode 232 of the DCAU <laughs> Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man responsible pretty much because he's the one who posted the poll on Twitter for this week's episode. That's right. It's Liam. Liam, we've been taking a look back at some of the classic Batman the Animated Series episodes we've covered on some of the original episodes of the pod nearly five years ago. We've uh, had some great special guest correspondence this week as we've had each member of the Watchtower database join us to take a second look at some of these uh, episodes that we covered very early on and uh, check back, see how we feel about our scores, get their thoughts on the scores, but uh, this week it's it's just you and me. It's just you and me and, and and our collective thoughts on an episode decided by the listeners and what I can only explain as a cruel, cruel joke from the people that listen to our program. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not happy uh, about any of this. <laughs> I thought I gave a wide variety of choices, including I was hoping to split the vote. Mm-hmm. between this and fear of victory um but uh but it didn't work uh and i was hoping that one of the other less uh less terrible choices would win but here we are taking a second look at the underdwellers that's right we got trolled into a re-review of what has was notoriously known Initially, our bad episode jar that we would put a dollar in every time we mentioned it was originally called the Underdwellers jar because it was the OG. It was the original 
terrible episode that we reviewed one that uh, was legendarily bad. We we reviewed it way, 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 way back on episode six of the podcast. It was actually a double feature. We reviewed this and the uh, the actually com- complete mirror opposite of this this episode POV, a, a fond fond episode that uh, mm-hmm. was ended up being pretty pretty good. But yep, this one uh, this one is memorable for a lot of bad reasons unfortunately and uh i guess we will we will get into that today as we as we settle in for a re-review of this episode that originally aired nearly 30 actually just about 30 years to the date that this episode that this episode of this podcast is being dropped 30 years and one day that's right on october the 21st 1992 this episode originally aired here in the states on fox kids liam before we get into our re-review checking in on some of the scores that we originally gave this and uh, seeing if we agree or if we're going to give them lower or higher scores uh spoiler alert i i I doubt that any of these scores are going to come in any higher but uh (laughs) I could be wrong, uh, but we're, of course, going to get the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, well, which, is, of course, is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Check out YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower for our original review of this episode, as well as our entire back catalog of episodes from every series in the DCAU, plus some amazing content from other DCAU content creators. That's right. So this is the synopsis for The Underdwellers, which was written. There are three people <laughs> came up with this story. <laughs> uh, we have the story by Tom Ruger with uh, teleplay by Jules Dennis and Richard Muller, uh, directed by Frank Parr, music by Stuart Balcom and Lars Clutterham, and animation by Studio Junio, or Junio? Never, never known how to pronounce that. Uh, but that synopsis reads as such. Batman discovers a subterranean colony of children in the sewer system dominated by the insane sewer king. (laughs) I think the IMDb synopsis is going to be the best thing about this episode. Could be. Well, uh, we should get into the plot here, Liam, as we, uh, we opened up. We have a weird sort of cold opening here and a a sequence that has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's very bizarre as Batman witnesses two young teenagers playing the game of chicken, riding on a sky train going through the uh, or subway. I don't know. It's one of those things going through Gotham and uh, they are playing chicken. Who's going to jump off first? The, the first young man, who's clearly the smarter of the two, jumps off and uh, much to the dismay and uh, and is being berated by his pal who's calling him a chicken, uh, who looks down and wouldn't you know it manages to have gotten his foot wedged between a bunch of hoses or cables or something that are sitting on the roof mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tails uh, all this time yep yep it always happens that way wouldn't you know it and uh just before he's about to be decapitated which honestly would have been justice for this young man uh, batman <laughs> swings in and uh, manages to remove him from from uh, and save him from danger at the very last second sparing his life uh much uh, much to my chagrin whoever jumps first is chicken Thank you. 
chicken out. And uh, gives us a, uh, the first of two PSAs for our episode. This one a little less overt, uh, reminding these teens that, uh, hey, if, uh, if you're not careful and you play chicken too long, you might end up fried, which is, uh, of course, uh, a pun. So uh, we, then, uh, we then cut across town where we see a, 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 an older lady who is waiting on the sidewalk it reminded me of the same uh, character model from Christmas with the Joker, who's the mm-hmm. lady who gets stolen. This lady's get always her or dropped her purse or whatever it is. So this lady's just hapless when it comes to carrying things and retaining her valuables. So uh, she's standing <laughs> there on the corner and a, uh, a, a diminutive person in a green hood runs through, snatches her purse, runs away through the traffic and, as she uh, she she recounts the tale to the uh, a police officer, she tells him that it was in fact a leprechaun that stole her purse, and uh, and the police officer, of course, not having any of this, uh, shakes his head and can't believe it. And uh, just as he says that, uh, Batman runs past and jumps over a bunch of cars, seemingly trying to chase down said leprechaun. So Batman has a brief interaction where he may or may not have seen the leprechaun and. Uh, the leprechaun escapes someplace out of sight, foiling Batman, and Batman is left sort of shaking his head as we return to the Batcave as Batman and Alfred, who truly is the star of this week's episode, in my opinion, <laughs> is, uh, is sitting at the Bat computer listening to some very loud uh, orchestral music as Batman sort of is pondering just what he witnessed. Alfred doing his best to continue to chide him about the idea that he saw a leprechaun that uh, perhaps he, he advises that Bruce perhaps needs a vacation has been working too hard. Bruce has no interest in doing this and decides that uh, he's going to set back out to see just what he can discover when it comes to uh, this reported sightings of leprechauns as he heads back downtown. Leprechauns, Alfred. Pardon? Not in the mood for Brahms, are we? You think I'm crazy, don't you? In what sense, Master Bruce? Seriously. You don't believe I saw a leprechaun. <laughs> Did he have a pot of gold? Well, sir, I-, I believe you saw something. Maybe I need a rest. I do believe a break from Wayne Enterprises and crime fighting would do wonders. Perhaps a vacation, a bit of golf. Sounds boring. In the Bahamas? Hot and boring. No, Alfred, I think this is a job for Batman. You have a fine flair for the dramatic, sir. Why, thank you, Alfred. The theater, Justin. Yes, I think it's time for an encore. It's where we get our first look at the aforementioned Sewer King, and uh, we, we find out a little bit about this strange little underground society of underground children here and it's like it's like a gang of these ragamuffin children they 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 have like 
ratty clothes and they're like walking in single file and doing various underground work tasks you know those things like gardening (laughs) (laughs) all the staples of working underground right that's right. So uh, we we see these these kids and they're they're farming, and one accidentally uh, sort of injures themselves and calls out, which we we quickly establish is a no no. As the, the kids are are summoned by the sewer king, who we see for the first time here, who is uh, very clear to make it make a a point about how the the children are not allowed to speak and children are meant to be seen, not heard, and. And he's the only one that cares for them and, and, and all of this stuff. Just, you know, gr- you know, great, a uh, abusive, uh, evil, evil caretaker out of a, uh, like a Charles Dickens novel or something uh, as he, as he just goes on ranting and raving and, and decides he wants to send all of the children out to, uh, to collect him various shiny trinkets. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Are you ready for your lessons? Yes? I think so. I think so. Well, so am I. Your teacher, your leader, your king. Ready? I am. Yes. Lesson number one is... No talking! Children are to be seen and not heard. We are the underdwellers. We are the silent ones. We follow the invisible creed. But, 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 someone was talking. You, 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 you were heard. And we all know the punishment for talking. Don't we, boys and girls? I think he needs to see the light. Yes, I do. A few hours in the light will make Jack a bright boy. (laughs) And now, lesson two. All of you up to the streets! Bring back pretties. Lots and lots of pretties for your king. Now! We, we really just established this guy's just out of his mind and he's uh quite quite uh, quite abusive and, and really rules with an iron fist here so we uh, we see the kids kind of take back out to the streets at uh, at which point batman is kind of uh hot on the trail of one of them and we get the return we just talked about this a few weeks ago when we took a second look at uh, on leather wings it's the return of the magic detective goggles <laughs> from uh from on leather wings as uh it's clear here that there's some sort of hidden passageways or something that the the kids are using to uh, evade Batman and the police. And wouldn't you know it, Batman finds a, a false wall uh, going to one of these buildings and he's kind of hot on the trail from there. And 
he sort of chases down one of these one of these kids who's who's just sort of a step ahead of him the whole time as Batman sort of trying to uh, get the lay of the land. He keeps seeing various graffiti uh, telling him to beware the sewer king and all of this. So he's sort of learning a little bit about our villain. And finally, he uh, comes across this kid and it looks like the kid has evaded him, but then tries to go uh, when the kid tries to leave and go back out the uh, the exits that he came in. Batman is, of course, there waiting for him and uh, and takes him back to to Wayne Matter because, you know, it's you're it's never never a bad idea if you're Batman to just stockpile a few extra orphans around you you never know when you're gonna need another one <laughs> that's right he's always losing them you know so you gotta have it as i believe i believe uh, harley quinn and joker uh, point that out in uh, batman beyond return of the joker he's always got an extra kid around or two so, <laughs> uh yeah so uh yeah they it really it's just a plot device to put alfred in a wacky situation that leads to bruce leaving him uh, this child in 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 Alfred's care. Uh, Alfred begins uh, to to attempt to get him to get cleaned up and uh, and to feed him. He talks to him, but the the child doesn't respond in any way. We learn actually in the the very next scene, the child's name is Frog. if you please. You're not Frog. Where is he? He's not here. Not here! And after all I've done for you ungrateful little monsters, I took you in when nobody else would have you. It is I who care for you. I who provide for you. And only I who knows what's good for you? Would you rather I sent you back into the light? Back to those who hurt you and sent you away? There will be nothing to eat and your frog is found! Now out with you! Out with you! Yep, that's right. The child's name is Frog. <laughs> um, perfectly normal name for a child. Uh, so Frog uh, is mute or at least refuses to speak. And uh, we get uh, some homages to, I think, uh, Risky Business as he puts some sunglasses on and uh, there's some chicanery that happens as Alfred begins to try to make him into a respectable young man. And uh, and he keeps stealing silverware and shoving it into his shirts and stealing the, the platter as Alfred attempts to have him uh, help him wash the dishes and uh, then uses said platter to to slide down the giant staircase in Wayne Manor. Uh, by the way, Batman hides this kid's view from getting into the Batcave, but then proceeds to have him like run around Wayne Manor with Bruce Wayne's very public butler. But okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense. Story, story doesn't have to make a lot of sense, I guess. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, B- Batman, by the way, is uh, sitting in, in the Batcave at this point, observing, amused, at watching Alfred having all of this trouble. Uh, so then Batman has Frog. Yep, that's right. Frog. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it, as Batman is watching, we get our second PSA of the episode. That's where Frog runs into Bat uh, Bruce's 
trophy slash weapons room you know one of those that you have he has a giant weapons room and of course the weapons room happens to have a bunch of hunting rifles and guns it appears and uh, he grabs one of them and points it frog grabs one of the guns and points it at alfred Uh, and uh, that's when batman runs in and stops him at the last second and we get our famous line of children and guns do not mix ever Oh dear, that is extremely dangerous. You must put it down before you hurt someone. Children and guns do not mix, ever. It wasn't loaded, but it could have been. I need your help. It could have been loaded. Thankfully, it wasn't. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's you're just waiting for the G.I. Joe theme to kick in. Like yeah. it's it's so. It's so on the nose and sort of uh, something we, again, have talked about this much, which is how uh, quite often the creators of the show tried not to talk down to their audience, even though they knew the audience was going to be primarily made of children. Uh, but here we are with our, with our second PSA of the episode. Yeah, and some of that may have had to have been had to do with who was responsible for like the the director and all that stuff we'll talk about that when we get to animation and stuff but there's yeah there's some dna from from those children's 80s cartoons in in a lot of this episode is um again we remember that this was a show that was written for children this is a very childlike episode very very childish episode uh, which lends it to not feel quite like the DNA of the Batman the animated series we know and love, which was a, a, a show that was able to be appreciated by people of all ages. But uh, after we get our PSA, uh, we, we do get Frog taking Batman down to the sewers and um, Batman gets down there and he witnesses the amount of children. We see Batman taking pictures for evidence. And my question was, I don't, like, is he turning these over to the police? Is that why he's taking the pictures of the kids? I, we don't I like certainly it. hope so. Right. Well, I should <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question based on the based on the subject matter that this episode sort of dances around. But mm-hmm. uh, what like I, I just we I don't know. We don't really see a lot of Batman building cases and turning evidence over to the police a whole lot. You usually see him just like getting the bad guy and turning him over to the police and allowing them to do their own detective work. Mm-hmm. So that was a very odd moment here where Batman just takes pictures of these starved children uh, that haven't seen the sunlight in, in a very long time, but sure. Let's, let's just keep going, I guess. Uh, well, after, after he does that, uh, he decides to uh, enter the main area where the, the children all gather and there's this bell that the sewer king rings in order to gather all of them. And he uses this opportunity to both ring and destroy said bell in order to sort of begin the, the end of the sewer king, king's reign in the, uh, in the sewers. But uh, unfortunately, the sewer king won't go down that easily. That's right, because all of a sudden he's got alligators. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. You just got a bunch, and that's uh, big ones, that's, that's, huge. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, a varying size. Uh, sometimes the same one looks like a different size. We'll get to that in animation, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's basically our final. That's the end of Act Two. Is uh, the Sewer King walks into frame with two uh, two pet alligators by his side, 
by his side. And, uh, and then act three is mostly Batman fighting <laughs> these alligators. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes, uh, takes care of a few of them and the sewer, sewer King begins to run away and Batman follows. And it's, it's clear that Batman's a little bit unmet. Uh, outmatched because uh, the sewer king is more familiar with the terrain of these sewer systems but uh, ultimately it comes down to uh, the sewer king just just books it and, uh, and and Batman's able to kind of avoid all of the remaining gators and uh, tracks them down they end up on the in the subway on the subway tracks underground in Gotham City and right as a train comes uh, Batman is seemingly uh, has a moment where he where he could let the sewer king just he could he could do the the Liam Neeson and, and Batman begins thing and just let him go but uh, he pulls him off the tracks and tells him that even though he doesn't want to he's gonna let the uh, the courts decide the sewer king's fate mm-hmm. why 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 I don't sentence that's for the courts but this time this time i am sorely tempted to do the job myself and uh then we go to our our happy ending as uh all the the children we see all the children being helped out of the sewer by uh police officers and social workers and and such and random human beings <laughs> yeah yeah just a lot of people just gathered around this one sewer grate where i guess all of the kids are funneling out of and we see batman standing off on a on a nearby rooftop and kind of just looking solemnly and that's how we uh, we end our episode yep uh did you mention the part where batman ripped open one of the alligator's jaws oh, he does yeah he does kill this alligator yeah doing something that's physically impossible by forcing this alligator's jaws wide open but yeah that's a, that's a real production inconsistency yeah <laughs> the dcau wiki is uh, is filled with just absolute gold you know just if you were a mod on the dcau wiki just just contact me please i want to talk to you <laughs> i want to learn from you uh, right? we, we can have you on as a guest in a bonus episode just to discuss what gets approved and 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 how the dcau wiki works because i'm just, what just i just want to know what you think a production what do you think those words mean when you say production and consistency or <laughs> trivia for that matter what do you think those words mean uh, I just like to talk to you about it. So please, uh, please uh, DM us or add us at DCAU review on, uh, on Instagram or Twitter. I, I desperately need to make contact with you. Please. And thank you. Um, all right. So Liam, originally for this episode, you and I had the identical score of three out of 10 for this. And as we consider our original scores here, I feel like that's a little bit too high. <laughs> I hate this episode. This episode, this this episode is so bad. Um, it doesn't feel like it belongs in this universe. It doesn't feel like it belongs in this show. It is so early on in production for this show that it sort of gets a pass because as we've discovered and and discussed and rediscussed as we've been taking a look back at some of these early episodes, it seems like. They had some writers that weren't quite sure about the tone. 
Um, you didn't have Alan Burnett on, on the staff quite yet guiding and kind of giving the darker Batman stories, the stories that could be enjoyed by adults and children. Um, you had, uh, it seems like this one, you had three different, three different people responsible for this one too. So again, you mm-hmm. have a mixing of ideas and tones and uh, it's, it's a, ends up being a bit of a, a mess because of that. And um, I believe Mr. Parr, who directed this, uh, did some work for, I saw Real Ghostbusters and maybe G.I. Joe also in the, mm-hmm. in the 80s. So there is a lot of DNA, and we'll talk about it in visuals in just a moment, but there's a lot of that DNA in the just how this episode feels it feels like it is a random 80s movie children's movie or b animated show uh involving children where children have to be the stars and there's you know stories that would somewhat uh get children's attention because the children are involved and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that a human adult male has an army of sewer children that he's just accumulated from somewhere we get some sort of dialogue where he says that these were kids that no one wanted but like there's like 35 kids down there you you mean to tell me that he's accumulated 35 children to do this like indescript work of underground gardening and collecting stuff. And none of them have ever been caught. None of them have ever decided they don't want this anymore or to Mm -hmm. do this anymore. No one has ever stumbled. Like, is this something that just started like three days before Batman ends up blowing it up? Like, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's been going on for some time. So I don't know. It's, It's a bizarre episode. We talked about it on the very first time that we did this. It's uncomfortable because of the the overtones and undertones of what the Sewer King is or who he is or what he's doing with these children. I hate this episode. And every time I have (laughs) to watch it is just another 22 minutes of my life that I will never get back and regret seeing this. So uh, yeah, I, I think I would... If given the choice, I would downgrade my score probably to a one or a zero. Yeah, it's it's just really not it's not fun. Like there's some wackier, sillier episodes. I mean, we just talked about the last laugh a couple of weeks ago with with uh, Ted from Watchtower Database, and we had a blast. Like all three of us had a blast revisiting that, that one. Um, so it's not as if oh, it's just because it's these earlier episodes, or or just because. You know, we don't like a, a, a sillier plot or something like that. Or, you know, some of our some of our favorite episodes don't even involve. You know, I I don't know when last when we talked about that one, but like Cape and Cow Conspiracy or or It's Never Too Late or some of these episodes that don't feature like a big name supervillain are are some really really fun episodes. So it's it's not that. It's just yeah, it's not it's not very pleasant. There is an undertone, especially in Batman's uh, sort of visceral reaction to this that feels like maybe they're implying something else about mm-hmm. working's treatment of yeah. uh of these children and uh and yeah it's 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 really really unpleasant you you had a note that uh that there's probably some because this sort of takes from the the classic tale of oliver twist 
there's probably some DNA of that, you know, children who become pickpockets for this, you know, kind of shady character. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel, it feels like I can understand why if, if you're Bruce, Tim and Eric Radomsky and Gene McCurdy, and this is the early days of the show and you get elevator pitched this plot, you're like, yeah, I, maybe we can make this work. Like it's this weird guy and he's in the sewers and he has a child army and they're stealing things for him. And then like, you know, ducking back into the sewers. It's like, yeah, like I can see why this could work for a Batman story because, you know, he kind of feels like he shares DNA with like Sherlock Holmes and a lot of those 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 types of literary characters and mm-hmm. this is kind of a strange little plot like i could see why you would think this could work for a batman story mm-hmm. but just yeah execution it's not fun it's unpleasant to watch you get yes you get the brief joy of uh of the the alfred and and frog antics in <laughs> wayne manor which is all of maybe two minutes of the episode so uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough watch. It's not very. We'll talk about animation and voice acting. I don't think any other any of our categories work. <laughs> don't lift this up either. Where maybe some of this stuff would be more forgivable. But yeah, I just I just don't didn't didn't enjoy it. I guess that's the that's the bare uh, the bare minimum I could say about this. Like it's I can like it if you go the the again the elevator pitch of the crazy Stuart King and the end of the episode is going to be Batman fighting alligators. I don't know how that could not be good, but we figured out a way. Well, right. And I part of me wonders if this is sort of a this is a a result of when this story was written and you think about over the last 30 years how uh how much I would say, hopefully, as a society, we're a little bit more sensitive to the idea of the vulnerability of children and being Mm -hmm. putting children in these situations and how that stands out as like, whoa, 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 this this doesn't feel right. Like this feels just kind of like gross. I I, like this isn't normal and it shouldn't be normal and we shouldn't normalize this like if you watch a lot of eighties movies or any movies involved, like kids movies from the eighties, they're mm-hmm. filled with these weird things where kids are put in situations where nowadays people will be like, what in the world was this writer thinking mm-hmm. by putting this storyline in a children's movie or involving a children, a child in this type of storyline. Whereas now uh, you know, it, it, back then it was just like, ah, oh, it's kids and we're making stuff for kids. So sure, this this is fine. This will no one will think twice about this. Do you think that may have something to do with it? If 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 we're being trying to be, quote unquote, fair to this. episode, <laughs> Yeah, I could see there being some some DNA of, of some of these, you know, like a stand by me or some of these things where kids are. <laughs> you know getting uh you know where like bu- the the teen bullies are like pulling knives on the little kids and stuff like just right. some you know wacky stuff that happened in in that era of film so yeah maybe there's there's some dna of that in it too but it's yeah it's it's one of those things where uh, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't come together in, in an enjoyable way for me um like the 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 tonal shift between kind of how over the top the villain is again we'll probably talk about this in voice acting but compared to sort of how straight and and quite frankly like horrified batman is 
mm-hmm. by this situation like it doesn't feel like those two characters like it like if this sewer king was interacting with like the the super friends batman or something you it feels like it would fit better but because he's he's dealing with this batman and batman is reacting so kind of uh you know violently towards what he's seeing uh it, yeah it just it it just it doesn't yeah there's there's some tonal problems i think to it and and yeah just like you said maybe just overall subject matter that's a little a little strange or or not quite uh not quite not a fun thing to visit and certainly not a fun thing to revisit as we are here on this week so yeah i you know three three maybe 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 i would go i would go a two or a one myself here so um this is yeah this is this is pretty low as far as as far as episodes of the show that we've uh that we've <laughs> that uh, that we've watched and like you said this was this was the original one that kind of set up our our long-running bad episode jar joke but uh and while it has been usurped it's certainly no longer our lowest scored episode um it's uh it still deserves like the it's still on the mount rushmore of uh yeah of terrible dcau episodes just maybe because if for no other reason than it was the first like truly terrible episode that yep. i think they produced Ag- uh, agreed and it's interesting that just a couple of episodes later you have basically what amounts to an adult version of a very similar storyline with the forgotten where there's a, there's an evil man that has his own army of people doing, you know, slave labor for him, essentially mm-hmm. uh, that he's that's going around and there's a mystery and Batman has to figure out what, what's going on with that and free this army of homeless people that this guy has been kidnapping. So you have, you have an episode that later on, at, le- at least just a couple episodes later is, is done a little bit, is executed a little bit better than this and you can tell a story that has some of that intrigue and that like that uh, idea of a person you know taking advantage of people that doesn't put children in an awkward situation that makes you just feel kind of gross watching you know yeah absolutely all right let's move on to the animation and visuals uh who was who was the animation fine animation team that worked on this week's episode liam so we have a studio i don't know if it's junio or junio but Mm -hmm. uh it's uh they they only did a few episodes of the original series here um other episodes that we've already talked about would be of course this one we have dreams in darkness mudslide and blind as a bat Mm. Uh, they were also responsible for um it's interesting because I don't think Batman himself is pretty on model mm-hmm. and pretty consistent for the episode, mm-hmm. but there's something just kind of off about it. And I feel like it's in the actual, the, you know, the, the there's like a lack of fluidity in a lot of the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually comes down to less, less character designs or less the uh, uh, that sort of thing. And I think more down to just the, the episode itself is, is a little stiff and a little, uh, I don't know, visually uninteresting for the most part. Yeah. I, I would also say that everything about this episode, again, we talked about the DNA of the story feeling like something out of the eighties an eighties cartoon mm-hmm. and eighties children's cartoon, which Bruce Tim was vehemently against uh, that, which is why he went with a, a different style and the square squared off jaws and the, you know, barrel chest and everything in the, in the more, the more Jack Kirby looking uh, style of, of animation. He wanted it to, to look different than what had been on television the prior decade. 
And so much of this episode looks like looks like animation from the 80s. It looks like real Ghostbusters or G.I. Joe or um, it's it just the character designs. It looks just like a bad, a bad 80s cartoon. It's one of the few episodes that I forget the story itself, but I would be I would be reluctant to show somebody and say, man, look at this great animation because it looks very dated like it just does not Mm -hmm. it does not look good um it looks like the characters from like the burger king kids club from like the mid 90s like all the characters look like these which is fine like captain planet or like any of those other early 90s late 80s cartoons inspector gadget like all those Mm -hmm. those goofy looking cartoons that had their own look and they worked fine for the time or what those cartoons, but Batman was supposed to be different, was different for the majority, which set it apart. And this one sort of fades back into that look. Um, I will say uh, sewer King, I guess I picked up on the fact that Batman went to the theater district. Maybe he's like sewer King is like a retired actor or something, which Mm. is why he's wearing a, uh, a full pirate getup. He's in full pirate (laughs) gear, a cape and the puffy shirt and the pirate boots and, uh, and the eye patch. So maybe he's a retired actor of some kind, but uh, yeah, there's, there's not much explanation for that. I will say that the, the crocodiles were, given me like Ninja Turtles vibes at times. They, mm-hmm. they, they were very inconsistent looking, very goofy looking at times. And, uh, and it, yeah, it, it visually uninteresting. I think it's fair to say we don't really have a whole lot of action because it's an episode where Batman is chasing. He chases the scene where he has to chase frog through the sewers initially <laughs> is kind of uh, setting you up for, okay, this might be interesting. Ends up not being, not being very interesting, uh, Alfred and and frogs uh, chicanery happening in the in the in the in the mansion is is a little bit funny, but there's not not much interesting in the way of that. I'd say the only thing that I that I, that I remember from this episode, and I I think is pretty awesome, is the fact that when Batman rips the bell down and then he uses that bell to smash one of the crocodiles in the face. He like whips the <laughs> bell across this this crocodile's face. So. Uh, and then uses the rope to tie to like hog tie it, which again, I don't think that that's physically possible to do <laughs> based on the like how an alligator's hands and feet work. But sure, <laughs> that that's fine. That's sure, it's fine. So it's not, it's not the most ridiculous thing about this episode. True, true, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, the rest of it, you know, we get a we get a good Batman thumbs up gif out of this episode um as he gives uh he gives frog a thumbs up and th- frog gives him a thumbs up mm-hmm. but uh yeah other than that there there's truly very little to talk about when it comes to the the animation for this week was there anything that uh was was noteworthy to you yeah i mean i i will say i the sewer king design i do kind of like like it's it's weird and it's it, like it's very over the top um I feel like again, yeah, maybe, and again, this goes back more more to plot, maybe, but we could have if because we had the time clearly, uh, based on how <laughs> kind of thin the plot is, where we could have gotten like a sewer king origin, like maybe he uh-huh. himself was a was an orphan or or something, and we we you know we find out we maybe try to make him a little bit sympathetic or or something, 
Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I would have liked to have learned a little bit more about him, but yeah, like, I think the, the design is all right. There's a bit where he's like, like chomping on, he's eating like a five course meal and yelling at, yelling at the kids and, and everything. And you see like spit flying out of his mouth and then all of this stuff, like it's, it's a little more detailed than, than you might expect again for, for these cartoons, which usually kept things pretty pretty uh, uh basic in that department as far as like lines in his face and everything like that so. a lot of teeth lines in this episode uh-huh uh-huh for sure including batman yeah yeah so there's yeah so i, I like that design the the design of frog when he's uh, and i think a couple of the other kids when they when they have the they have they all have these like green hoods or a couple of them have these green hoods that they're mm-hmm. wearing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which seemed to me to be and they all have like brown hair it seemed to be reminiscent of the hobbits from the 1970s lord of the rings movies oh man that's um, a throwback. <laughs> yes uh which i'm again if you i'm sure if you saw those at the right age that they, that probably has a real special place in your heart but uh sure. But yeah, that that was kind of the only other like visual homage I, I plucked out of uh, of the episode. Um, okay. Yeah, that and yeah, the final act where Batman he as as mentioned he, he ties one alligator up, he snaps the other one's jaw, uh, and then he he's he's kind of wrestling with one of the two of the other ones. Like there's there's kind of some fun there, but um, I I think the bit where he's kind of sleuthing around, looking, he's kind of skulking through the. Uh, the subways and the sewers and he's looking up at the graffiti. I think the background designs and everything are pretty good. So I'll try to find some, you know, I'll try to find a few positives to throw in there with uh, (laughs) what I've already said about the, you know, the animation itself being a little stiff and, uh, and the, the action of the episode not being particularly interesting, but yeah. So I think uh, almost by default, uh, animation might be the strongest of her four categories here for me, but well, you originally gave it a five, which was tied for uh, tied for with another score. Uh, so it was sort of tied for the highest score that you gave it originally. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that you're trending towards keeping that, or would you would you would you move the needle one way or the other? Yeah, I'd probably keep it at a five. I think I don't I don't I think the whole sequence there is a lot of bits where we we get very little shadow and very little shade work which really makes it as you said kind of look like a a gi joe cartoon or something like that mm-hmm. um the opening the two i think they're supposed to be teenagers but the two kids that batman the, saved, the one kid with male pattern baldness yes as the jordan yes the, apparently the jordan an epidemic <laughs> yeah an epidemic in, in in gotham city at this point for the youth of uh, of gotham city and the one kid has no eyebrows and uh <laughs> has like a Cro-Magnon forehead and the other, and the other one has, uh, is already has a receding hairline. So, uh, yeah, that, I thought that that sequence is very kind of wacky and strange as well. So, but the way like, you know, they have like a couple of POV shots, that the kids are, are kind of watching and you see the, the train swooping and you see the, you know, the cables sort of getting electrified and you see them heading towards the tunnel. So there's, there's some, there's a couple of, of uh silver linings in this dark cloud so uh, yeah i think i would i would probably sit sit at my five where i was originally for this there's it's it's fine i i gave it a three originally which there is a lot of uh, unfavorable animation and i'm not a fan of the way that things look based on the comments that i made before i will say that the sequences with with frog 
hiding the the silverware in his shirt and then running away and the silverware falling out was was amusing the whole alfred Mm -hmm. thing is great too i had forgotten him sort of openly dancing at in that opening scene as he's <laughs> listening to the orchestral music as he's uh, sort of chastising Batman uh, for for see, thinking he saw a leprechaun. So uh, I, I did enjoy Alfred's the best part of this and his his scenes of chasing young frog around are uh, are certainly amusing. And uh, I, I would second as Batman is sort of walking through the sewers and, and, and sort of stumbling upon that graffiti that you mentioned and all that is, is uh, certainly an interesting visual. So we kind of see him tracking down just exactly uh, what is uh, what is going on and trying to put the pieces together. But yeah, it's, it's, it's distracting at times and you, you wish for an episode where the story wasn't so great, where the plot wasn't really great, that you had a little bit more action to sort of pick up the, uh, pick up, uh, you know, that, uh, but unfortunately there's not, not a lot of great action sequences that were animated or things that you can point to and say, yeah, that looked really cool here. Uh, so my original score was a three out of 10 and, uh, I'd probably, I'd probably keep it around there, maybe bump it up to a four if I was feeling kind that day, but, uh, yeah, it would, it would probably hang around that, uh, that three mark for me as well. All right, Liam, let's, let's move on to our next category, which of course is going to be music. And, uh, so interestingly, um, I think this would probably get most improved for me. I would, I originally gave music a three out of 10. That seems like a, a, uh, a a reaction based on disliking the entire episode. (laughs) If I had to, if I had to wager a guess there, uh, because there is actually some, some interesting music. Um, the, the music, uh, as, as Batman is doing the investigation in the sewers and where we get, the sewer King first introduced are both very, I think, interesting and memorable and sort of bring the, uh, bring up the tension for those scenes kind of, uh, play up the moments there. So, um, I, I would say that there's, uh, the, the end scene where the, where the children are all being brought out of the sewer and there's a cut up to a very strange looking Batman, by the way, didn't mention it, but he was very <laughs> off model in that last shot. But uh, there's some, some Batman. It's sort of uh, the Shirley Walker Batman, but not quite. It's just kind of, mm-hmm. it hits one or two of the notes and then kind of goes in a different direction. So it was, uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, when we were, uh, when, when we were talking, uh, who, who were we talking about the music kind of going in different directions? Was that with Ted? Uh, no. Uh, well, we definitely talked a lot about the music in last lap, yeah. but I think we were mostly, I think we were talking about the, uh, with James about that's right. it being earlier in the show. And then, yeah, not. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it, it sort of, it sort of went in a different direction than you were probably used to it as opposed to playing, the Shirley Walker Batman theme just straight out and ending the episode or, or even infusing, um, you know, another, another piece or one of the, the the episodes main pieces, it just sort of kind of goes in a different turn. So um, I I think, I think I appreciated the music a little bit more in this episode and this, this rewatch because I was looking for something, anything uh, to hold on to. So I think some of the ac- action sequences, I, I, I love that right before Batman uh, whacks the, the alligator in the face with the bell, you get like a, a church bell lead up to it in the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he smashes the bell into the, into the, into the face of the animal. So 
that was that was a note that I notated there. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, some of the the music playing early on as the as the the uh, as Frog steals the purse and Batman is sort of chasing him throughout the sewers. Later on, uh, there was some some musical moments there as the train nearly hits the both of them. So, um, I originally gave music a three out of ten, as I mentioned, and I would probably bump it up to a five if I was uh, if I was being if I had the chance again, again, I think this, we definitely talked about with Ted is, you know, the music wasn't bad. It wasn't offensive and it didn't take away from the episode. In fact, there was probably a couple of parts that it, it may have added to the scene. So mm-hmm. I, I think a five out of 10 would probably be what I would give, give this given, uh, given a re-review. Um, you originally gave a four out of 10 for the music. Uh, where, where did you fall for, for on a rewatch? Yeah, I think I'd buy, bump it up to a five or a six here. Um, it, I think it was... Uh, uh, the, well, one thing that I, I genuinely diff- didn't remember is that there is a little bit of a Sewer King theme. Mm-hmm. Like when, when he... From the first time he appears, when he you know summons the children with the bell to when he's when he's sitting there with the... Uh, you know, eating and, and demanding that all of the children... Go, uh, go find Frog when he doesn't come back, and and all of that. There's, uh, uh, there's kind of a. It's it's not a. It's not like a, a hummable one the way a uh, you know a way a Joker theme or a or a Riddler theme or something would grab you. But there is there is kind of a a musical accompaniment to a lot of his moments, and especially in the first half of the episode. And yeah, I think it does a good job of maybe building a little bit of the menace of uh of the character even if other aspects of our uh our plot or as we'll talk about in a second of the voice acting maybe lets lets that menace down uh i think i think he uh i i think the 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 sewer king theme and some of that accompanying music is uh is pretty good and and i i would kind of concur with a lot of your uh your your thoughts as as far as the rest of the music goes all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up and get out of here. We've spent far too long for a second time talking about, <laughs> about this episode. So we'll wrap it up with voice acting. So uh, we have, uh, again, uh, early on here in the show, not a huge cast because uh, we have not a not a lot of characters featured in this episode it's a pretty pretty minute cast and some some characters playing secondary voices also uh, uh, i originally gave voice acting a five out of ten you gave it a five out of ten liam let's talk about this week's voice cast yeah it's a tiny one uh, um there's only four credited actors in in the uh in in the whole thing um uh, I'm not sure exactly who provides the voice of our of our children, either the uh, the 30 year old teenagers on top of the subway at the beginning or uh, or frogs one line that he gets at the end of the episode. If that was uh, it sounds it sounded like an adult's voice that they had kind of Agreed. Mess, messed with the pitch on a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was maybe Andrea Romano herself or, or one of our other cast, but there is one, uh, one other woman in the cast, Victoria Carroll, who I believe plays the woman who gets her, her purse stolen at one point, mm-hmm. but, uh, but really, yeah, we have, we have Ephraim Zimbalist uh, uh, Jr. As, as Alfred. And I think he also plays uh, one of the cops who, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, tells Batman that it was a leprechaun that, that uh, robbed this lady or, or, the, or it's talking to the lady that, uh, mm-hmm. who, 
who is, uh, informs the cop that uh, that a leprechaun has stolen her purse, and then and then yeah, we got our two our two main actors of the episode. Uh, we have Michael Pataki voicing the sewer king, um, and I mean he's a he's a fairly uh, you know a fairly tenured actor. You know he's things you know and, and did a lot of TV and movies. Like he's in uh, he's in Rocky Four. He is in uh, he's in one of the the Halloween movies as well as a couple of TV shows like. Cagney and Lacey and uh, I believe he was in a couple of Star Trek episodes and and also did some other voice acting work again so he, he's accomplished as a as an actor certainly and I could uh-huh. I could certainly see him being good in uh-huh. uh, in other things uh-huh. but uh, in this episode again it just really uh, leans into the the camp the Saturday morning 1980s G.I. Joe villain that we've uh <laughs> that we've kind of talked about all, all episode long, but uh, I, I don't think he really fits with the tone of the show, but then the whole character doesn't really fit with the tone of the show. And I think, I think he kind of clashes, like I said, because he's so over the top and wacky uh, when you see the, the visceral reaction or hear the visceral reaction in Batman and Kevin Conroy's voice as Batman in this episode and the implications thereof of what this means that, you know, perhaps the sewer king is is doing to these children. It really doesn't feel like it fits at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. I think I think in isolation, not knowing if you're just going to look at the performance, I think it's a fine performance. I think for for if you begin to pair it with who the character is, yeah, it it's a little bit worse. And then if you begin to look at this character in this show, yeah, it's it's another mismatch. So. I think the performance is likely what was asked of him and it's not bad. It's not distracting. It actually seems to fit the character pretty well. He seems like a ruthless, terrible person. Uh, it comes across that way at least. So I, for that reason, I'd say, yes, a great performance. I don't like this character though. And I don't <laughs> like the character's motives or what the character does or what it's insinuated that I don't like the character the performance I think is absolutely fine and, and, uh, and, and bordering on good, I would say for, for, for what they're asking for. If this character was just a villain and there weren't children involved in his schemes, you might just say, yeah, it's kind of just like a classic Saturday morning cartoon villain, like you said. Uh, but yeah, because of everything else, uh, it's a, a little bit un- more unpleasant. So it's a fine performance though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I yeah, I'm sure. He, yeah, he did. He did what was asked of him, and uh, it's not it's not his fault. I just said I don't, I don't think that we talk about this a lot. How a lot of the chemistry and a lot of the the great voice actor performances in this show came from the fact that you know the actors were able to kind of bounce off of each other and and sort of uh, record their lines together. And in this case, it just yeah, I just feel like there's a little bit of a, a clash of a styles clash, if you will, between what the, uh, the subject of the episode is and, and Kevin Conroy's performance. And then uh, Mr. Mr. Pataki's performance as, as our villain just doesn't, it uh, just doesn't kind of come together for me, but it's neither, neither man is doing a bad job in a, in a, in a vacuum here, but together, I just, uh, I don't think it's, it's like peanut butter and fish. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't, neither one is bad on its own. Didn't, don't want to, don't want to eat them together though. <laughs> 
Precisely. I agree with that. So um, I, I would say Ephraim Zemblist is pretty, pretty strong in the, the, the role that they asked him to do. It's, he has some funny lines. I love the line that he asks Batman after Batman continues to sort of stick to this story that there was a leprechaun. He, he continues to sort of playfully chide him as he says, did he have a pot of gold? And then he's like, <laughs> dan- as he's like dancing, to this this uh, this classical music soundtrack that he's that he's blaring through the bat computer. So that whole bit was hilarious. He's a one man show because he's playing off a character that is mute also. So he's <laughs> as he's trying to to learn Frog's name, he's asking him, he's spitting out random names for him, which I thought was quite amusing also. Uh, so, yeah, there's some some good Ephraim Zemblist here. Uh, and then, um, you know, Kevin Conroy, I guess, is the last voice to talk about. Right. And he unfortunately, as as he did in I think in in as we mentioned in the last laugh, falls victim to some really bad lines written for him. <laughs> um, but he delivers them with with all seriousness and gusto and 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 does so really, really well. It's just he falls victim to some really unfortunate dialogue this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we've we've already kind of touched on the the PSA uh, lines that he's he's sort of forced to deliver to uh, to the various uh, the children that are causing trouble in this episode. But then, yes, he also has a uh, he has to he does a little quip. He does a little like uh, Sylvester Stallone action movie one liner when he when he gets away from the alligators at the end. He turns back and and to to no one in particular goes later. <laughs> well he, uh, he had to fall short of saying later gator right right that, right that's what you expect him to say right so it's uh yeah, but I, I just like the idea that he's like this i will never have another opportunity to do this <laughs> so i have to hit this line because right. you know he 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 appreciates a a, a one-liner here and an 80s action star one-liner here as he escapes the alligators so mm-hmm. yes and then as mentioned he he, the, the, there's a little bit of back and forth with him and uh, with Ephraim Zemblis that I think is funny when, when uh, Batman is basically just like, all right, the kid's your problem now. And, uh, and Alfred is kind of protesting and saying he doesn't know, he doesn't know uh, anything about children. Good evening, Alfred. Sir? Might this wee one be a leprechaun? This, Alfred, is our guest. I'd like you to take care of him. Me? But I know nothing of children. You'll do fine. Feed him, clean him, and put him to bed. Well, perhaps. Not in that order. Which uh, is funny in a... (laughs) In a in a strange way, because he's raised he's raised I don't I don't know he's raised at least two, but I guess he's uh, but uh, he's he's still he's still protesting and 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 Batman just kind of looks at him and goes whatever feed it put it clean it put it to bed like <laughs> like he's talking to a like he's talking about a a, a cat or something but uh, but uh, I, I yeah there's there's some kind of quirkier moments in the episode and then as mentioned he has this really sort of dramatic uh, turn as he as he comes back to the hideout at the end of the episode but uh yeah i like i said i don't think he does a bad job i just think it doesn't necessarily fit the 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 wackiness of uh the villain of the piece yeah i i, I agree yep um 
So as, as I mentioned, our original scores that we gave for this episode, uh, you gave a five. I also gave a five. So I, I think I would probably stick to that. I might take it a tick lower, uh, a four, uh, just because there's not anything that dynamic that stands out other than, than Alfred. So, uh, but I, I guess I would probably stick to a five. What about you? Yeah. Four or five. I think I'd, I'd probably be in that, in that same ballpark, uh, like I said, I don't think anybody on their own is is bad in the episode. I think it's just like I said the 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 story of it and and where where the characters had to go for the the, the story to to uh, flesh out. I just don't think is uh, uh, as particularly particularly good, and I don't think particularly comes all together. But again, that's that's no fault of the individual actors. So I yeah, I think you can. You could settle on probably a, anywhere between like a four and a six to me. And I, I think that would be that would be just fine. There we go. All right. So uh, original scores, 15 out of 40 and 16 out of 40. We based on our re-review here, we would probably be a little bit lower on the uh, on the scoreboard here overall. So I, I, I think it seems like it, like a, a, an act uh, not not truly needed here, uh, but or a discussion truly not needed. But uh, rewatchability, Liam, since we do this, um, my uh, my take on this is burn it, burn it at the stake, remove it <laughs> from all human history. If this episode didn't exist, I wouldn't miss it one bit. Um, it needs to go away. These characters don't show up again, doesn't play anything into the DCAU ever. And the DCAU is worse off for this episode existing. Um, I guess the argument could be made since he's uh, since he's since made appearance or two in mainstream comics that uh, we need to uh, we need to that you could argue that the sewer King is a relevant Batman villain, but that seems like a, a troll's argument to me. So I'm going to say never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, the character um, makes no further appearances in the series. Uh, so it uh, doesn't even really show up in much supplementary material, uh, save for a, a background appearance in the, the crossover between the Batman adventures and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out a few years ago <laughs> and a uh, appearance in the, in the main, the main comic line in the first issue of Tom King and Clay Man's Batman and Catwoman series uh, where, where we do in fact learn that all of his, uh, all of his crocodiles have, or alligators have rhyming names, which does make me like him a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> but uh but uh, yes, thankfully, this character, as far as the mainline DCAU goes, nothing, nothing more to report when it comes to this sewer king or frog or <laughs> any of these other children uh, that, that we see here. So, uh, yeah, we can, we can go ahead and put this one in the bin. And uh, just, just to make it clear, we're never talking about this episode again. <laughs> Blow it up. Yes, exactly. So to all of you that voted for us, to, to review this episode all i can say is i hope you're happy just look we look at how many people listen to these <laughs> this better this episode better perform <laughs> at least more than like the zeta project this, <laughs> all right because <laughs> if we did this and then nobody listens to it that's even worse agreed 200 percent. all right liam well that will begin to wrap this up this week mercifully uh, don't forget 
we know that you follow us on Twitter at DCAU Review, especially if you voted for this episode to punish us. So make sure you then go ahead and follow us on Instagram at DCAU Review as well. Send us your scores and thoughts. Uh, we've had some some very vocal trolls this week on Twitter that I loved loved laughing along with and seeing their encouraging comments as they drummed up a a social media movement to make us review this episode. So that was that was pretty pretty hilarious at the end of the day if it's going to be painful at least make it funny too and uh this was this was at least funny so uh thank you for following us make sure you join the conversation tweet at dca you review let us know your thoughts on this leave a comment on our instagram post as well with regards to this episode don't forget, of course, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so not only by following us on social media, subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and leaving a review. A five-star review helps us out a lot. And then if it allows you to, uh, to leave a little blurb, you can do so as well. Don't forget through Spotify, if you're listening there, we have some exclusive questions and polls each week for our episodes. Check that out. Vote in the polls. Send us some feedback based on our question of the week. Also, don't forget, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so via the anchor.fm link that's posted at the bottom of the podcast, or you can head over to dcaureview.com, click on the store tab, and then uh, then pick yourself up a piece of merchandise. Don't forget the holidays are coming, so uh, get those stocking stuffers for uh, you and your loved ones. All, all things DCAU Review. That's that's what your fam- family really wants this holiday season, a Mr. Wing t-shirt. Uh, that, that's what they talk about. <laughs> Uh, Liam, we are uh, we are continuing next week, of course, uh, with uh, our fifth Saturday of the month, which is going to be an Elseworlds week, as we tend to do on the fifth Saturday of each month. And uh, guess what? It's also uh, it is officially spooky season. This week was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Re-reviewing one of the worst Batman the animated series episodes of all time was was quite scary. Uh, but next week is truly spooky season, so uh, we're going to have a spooky episode to review next week for our Elseworlds world, uh, tale. That is right, Cal. Uh, we will be heading back to the world of Batman, the Brave and the Bold, as we frequently do for our Elseworlds, uh, just, which really just, I think, shows the mark of quality that that show has, even though it's not part of the main DCAU. And uh, as an appropriately spooky treat, we will be reviewing the episode Shadow of the Bat. No, not that one. Uh, <laughs> this one involves uh, Batman getting bitten by a vampire and mm. uh, and perhaps feasting on not only his uh, some of his direct allies, but also heading up to the Watchtower and seeing a, a take on uh, on the Justice League international team of the 90s uh, in, that, in that show. So uh, a very wacky and fun uh, adventure awaits us next week as we review that episode of Brave and the Bold. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. But until then, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios.